And now for something completely different. Forget everything you've been told by others before. Get ready for the real deal. The full story. Real talk about money, markets, life. Now, it's The Real Investment Show. Presented by RIA Advisors. And good morning. Welcome to Financial Fitness Friday. I'm Rich Rosso, CFP. Danny Ratliff, CFP. Thanks for being with us uh, today. We really appreciate it. Getting ready for the uh, long weekend, Danny. I'm ready. Oh, yeah. How about you? Big plans? Uh, like you? No. Probably. How many days you be working? What's today? <laughs> they all roll together, don't they? That's right. Happy birthday, Keanu Reeves. The big 5'8". And sometimes I absolutely feel like I'm living in the Matrix. So. And I want to get out. Um... So we have a pretty subdued market today, Danny, right? We're waiting for the key August jobs report. Dum, 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 is, it gonna, <laughs> is it gonna come in hot? Here's the kind of market where bad news is actually good news. Um, yeah, if we get a weaker it, jobs report, I think the market likely runs. If we get, um, if it's rather hot, it may be trouble. Well, we have a new Dallas Fed chief, Lori Logan. Um, First, first thing out of her mouth was, uh, we're going to focus on bringing inflation down. So I think maybe the market is finally starting to accept the fact that the Fed's not done. Uh, so we have what? How much of this uh, July rally have we retraced? Quite a bit of it. Uh-huh. I don't know the exact number, but I mean, we've, we've seen this in a matter of a week, mm-hmm. week and a half. I mean, this was pretty quick. And, you know, this was to be somewhat expected when we see it, you know, from one extreme to the next and then the other. Right. And it's something that been talking about for some time may possibly see a bear market rally or a little bit of a retracement and and here we are you know once again as we get extremely oversold we got a little bit overbought it was very quick mm-hmm. and you know not uncommon no but where do we go from here is the question well it is um i know lance said longer term this isn't a bear market but it certainly walks and talks and runs like a bear so we'll see how it goes um you're going to have uh, one of the one of the articles we're going to be talking about today. Is it now a bad time to retire? So, uh, a lot in the investor community, the advisory community, thinks we're in a bear market, Danny. And you have to treat it as such if you're in in say um, distribution mode. Absolutely. Right? And look, a bear market or not, you know, regardless of where we are, if we're down twenty plus percent, if we haven't broken the long term trend line, mm-hmm. this doesn't feel good to anybody. I mean, people are seeing, you know, earnings mm-hmm. eroded. Um, you know, it's, it's just not a, it's a challenging time to say the least. And I think that, you know, there's going to be some, some opportunities here. So, you know, I've, I'm always looking at this a glass half full and these are things that we've needed the market to do over time. You know, I, I think that it's very easy for us to think about the markets in, in so many different ways, but we've taken parts of the business cycle out. Oh, we can't have a recession. Um, you know, and, and I'm not talking about, you know, I'm talking about just in general, and, and it feels like that because the Fed has had this put that's been in there consistently. Mm-hmm. They've always been there to save the day with the safety net. And that may not be here any longer because we've never had in this, this time frame, we've never had inflation like we have today. So it's a different ballgame, guys. It is. It is. Um, we haven't been allowed to have business cycles. For some reason, recession equal bad. And no one says that it's 
it's a happy time, but it is a cleansing kind of a situation, but we never allow it to occur. And we've had, you know, we've had the best of the world where, Danny, we didn't have inflation. Now there's really little choice, but, you know, denial runs deep to think that the Fed is going to bail out this market. Correct. And I, you know, I'm in that camp that they have to continue. Um, and some of the, the inflation that we see, energy prices, food prices, wage growth, right? We're, we'll see what uh, average hourly earnings looks like today. Um, is sticky. And I don't know what the Fed has to break to get inflation down to their uh, nirvana target of 2%. But it's not going to be pleasant. No, and it's, is it two percent? I mean, why this arbitrary number? I mean, years years ago, prior to the Great Recession, it wasn't two percent, mm-hmm. and that was fine. But we actually had the growth to to go along with it. I think the problem why they've had to keep it at two percent is because we've had such anemic growth over the years. That I mean, look, we've had growth in the market. Here's the problem: the market has outrun the economy for years. So what happens at some point? We need to get back. Back to even. Well, yeah, right. There has to be a realignment, right? We've had malinvestment all over these years based on Fed liquidity. We have price distortion. And the you know, to get back to normal and actually be a part of this process is not, I think, you know, you have a whole generation of investors that have never seen this. Yeah. And, you know, I do think that they're sticking it out. Uh, I think fear should be greater. I think the market should be down more for what we're facing. But again, I, you know, a lot of people in autopilot and passive funds, um, they're told to do that. They've done a good job, a lot of retail investors. But there is going to be a point where reality is going to sit in, set in. And, they're gonna, and, and people are going to re- look to reexamine their strategies, whether they're working or not. Um, and that's as cycles change, you learn a lot about yourself as an investor. We haven't given a lot of investors the opportunity to find out because as soon as everything looks a little bit iffy, the Fed comes in on their white horse. And this time, even the new Dallas uh, uh, Fed, um, yeah, she, she's saying, you know, we're not we're going to continue. <laughs> We have to continue. Hey, 30-year mortgage is up to 5.66%. What do you yeah. think that's going to do to the housing market? Well, it's not going to help. Mm-mm. It's not going to help at all. But, you know, it's not even just a, the, the new Dallas Fed chair. It's, it's, mm-hmm. It goes so far beyond. I mean, look at Jackson Hole. Look at all the things. We've had many events, many conference, uh, or many uh, speeches about this is what we're going to do. And at some point, you know, we've, we've expected this big pivot. And it, it's, not, it's not here yet. Doesn't mean it's not coming. Mm-hmm. It's just probably not coming as quick as many think or hope. Well, and it's like you said, um, if you want, this is going to show or um, outline your true self as a stock investor. Do you really belong in the stock market? Do you think it only goes up? What kind of research are you doing? What do your goals look like? So the self-awareness that could come along with this is not a bad thing. Um, sometimes a little pain can uh, clarify things. Then we'll have to see. But if you're in retirement and say this is your first year, and this is something I, I, I'd spoken to a lot of clients about last year, I was very worried retiring this year would be an experience because we, we talk about crossover risk. 
that that first step out of the workforce feels you feel it's it doesn't feel right right it's it's this black hole you're disoriented now i have to come up with a distribution strategy at a time when my accounts are possibly down unless they listen to our right lane danny and we said three to five years from retirement you should be a lot more conservative with the way valuations were so you wouldn't have to worry about this right now so we get back we're going to talk about is now a bad time to retire and you know social security benefits are taxable a new bill would repeal federal taxes talk about all that when we get back here on financial fitness friday stay tuned news you can use delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com hi lance roberts here if you're like most people your 401k plan represents the bulk of your retirement assets and unfortunately for many managing your 401k plan can be difficult there's so many choices so many things to consider with just a quick email a couple of questions you can put ria advisors to work for you managing your 401k plan get started right now at the website realinvestmentadvice.com or simply call our toll-free number 855-RIA-PLAN or again, simply online at realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show. Welcome back. My beloved Medicare Advantage ads, Danny, all my Idols, Joe Namath. They're gone. Mr. Shatner. Under scrutiny. Lots of complaints. Consumer marketing complaints for Medicare Advantage surged 165% last year. So are they misinformed or misled? Well, the, well, the thing is, right, you know, you call into these things. I want to get what I deserve. Right? And Jimmy J.J. Walker is telling you, you, you deserve a lot. Dynamite. You deserve all this stuff. The, uh, the issue is when you signed up for these <laughs> Medicare plans, they never really checked to see if your doctor was in the plan. So then people would go to their doctor and they would say, doctor, well, sorry, <laughs> you're not covered by insurance with us anymore. So we're going to see an influx of these ads as we get into open enrollment, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Those are, those are coming in hot right now. There's no doubt about that. But listen, Rich, so yeah. so people are saying, listen, uh, I saw Rich, he talked about this is a great plan. He just signed up, didn't do any homework, didn't do any research, didn't talk a to somebody of, who said, hey, FYI, so here's check what this happens. out. A lot of older Americans would call in, and these are salespeople, right? They're a yeah. conduit to the pro. And to, probably not trained salespeople or trained to sell. Well, they're trained to, to sell, and yeah. they sell massive an- number of policies per day. And if you look at Medicare Advantage, um, it grew 8% last year. This is one of the most popular programs. Um, so every year you got to look at it. But the point is, so uh, older Americans would call in, 
they would get a promise all this stuff and never really ask the right questions and were never really told the information. Now, a lot of times what will happen is the children of, of, these older, of these older people would call in the next day and say, listen, you got to stop this. You know, mom didn't, dad didn't know what he was doing. So that happens um, but so, as well. So, so the, the uh, I'm assuming lawsuits around this, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're because they were sold something. Well, they were sold something, and again, they weren't given all the information. And you yeah. have people like uh, William Shatner. Where's self responsibility in this? I'm sorry. I mean, look, I'm, I'm, oh, I, 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 I'm I agree, but like, if you're doing any of these types of things, and look, guys, if you're doing any type of healthcare insurance, please do your homework. Yes. I mean, and, and, and look, it is it is a disservice on how this works and operates in the sense that you you see this. But if you see one of your heroes when you were growing up and you're like, man, I'm going to do this because this guy was on it. We've got a problem because that guy's getting paid to sell that. Right. And they have quotas. Like, I don't know how many policies they need to ser- sell a day, but it's massive. So the, it's like a conveyor belt of, of of policies. But I agree with you, Danny. I mean, I look at William Shatner and all that. I'm like, how many people are falling for this? You know, and, and there's nothing wrong with calling and trying to get information if you have all your faculties to do so. But to get signed up when they look through these aggressive sales efforts um, behind these companies, these these middlemen to Medicare Advantage, private equity firms, financial services companies, stock market investors, you know, this 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 is a lucrative conduit to Medicare Advantage. So that's why those ads run so much. So now the the national um, the insurance commissioners are really looking at it, uh, and they should. But yes, there is a personal responsibility. As much as I like Jimmy J.J. Walker, he's not going to convince me to call in to get what I deserve. But I, you think about, you know, they have like the American flag. You know, they they do certain things that make it look official, and they're going to have to tone down that advertising. They're going to have to tone down what this advertising looks like uh, overall. Like some of the ads have the American flag, and they're saying, listen, you got to take all that stuff off. Um, Wait a second. You can't be patriotic? It's not that, but it looks like it's by the federal government. It's a government. It looks like a government-issued program, so, you know, you know what I mean? It's It's deceiving. I mean, this is an ad to sell you something. Well, we've seen advisory firms change their names to look like you know, dot org, um, <laughs> change their names to something that would assume like, oh, okay, this is a government entity, which would make me want to run, number one. But evidently, some people may like that. You know, the other thing is like Medicare.gov, go look online, Medicare.com, Medicare.org. They all look very, very similar. And I don't know how you you police that, Rich. I mean, that's that's got to be but a tough you, thing. It is, but you do a search for Medicare Advantage, and you, and you, the first link looks like, uh, or Medicare.gov, it looks like Medicare.gov, but it's not. It's Medicare.com, yeah. right? Yeah. And then, like it says, and they're trying are, to sell you something, not provide you the right. information. Right. It'll you need. say we're not Medicare.gov. In a very, very fine print. Small. <laughs> and you're not going to look at it. Yeah. But I'm not just saying it's, it is a tough situation. Seniors are being bombarded with these ads. I'm a little troubled that all the pro, all the programs I watch tend to run these ads, but you know who I would buy Medicare Advantage policy from? Who? Brian Clan. <laughs> right. You call in and get what you deserve. Oh, I got a call. 
And you will. Brent would never. Get what you deserve. <laughs> you will. And Brent would never steer me wrong. <laughs> so, um, Go Health, Prime America, Select Quote. Uh, these, there are firepower deals that are going on to create these conduits that are there. Um, and then they, they, they listened to some of the recordings of these Medicare Advantage calls and that people were confused. Uh, who were they speaking to? Some, again, thought they were talking to the government. It just shows the importance of not making hasty decisions and getting somebody else involved in this process. But there is an onus on the company, too. I mean, yes. so hold on now. You're, you're talking about people's health. You're talking about their lives. Right. And, and you're screwing And obviously, s- seniors have been stretched, right, yeah. when you look at inflation. And if they can save money on health care costs, they're going to do it, right? Yeah, so, of course. But, but the, the companies need to do the right thing. And that's absolutely. the problem is that this goes on to both sides. Yes. You need to have a, a corporation who values and has integrity um, and values doing the right thing versus over the dollar, which I think, look, if you do the right thing over and over again, you're going to do well. If you have good service, I mean, that goes a long ways. But then you think about the, the people. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you've got to do your homework. Well, they're saying that one of these companies, Go Health, they had, a, they had like 18 or more sales a day and earned bonuses. So you can't really have a discussion with a senior calling in because what you want to know is you want to check the doctors, you want to check the medications, right? So you're going to spend 45 minutes to an hour on the phone. And a lot of these companies are like, listen, you know, it's like one of those uh, boiler room call centers right you're you know close it move on and like you said you're dealing with people's lives and their health and um that's the problem i'm gonna venture to say Mm -hmm. that almost underscore almost any company that's involved in some kind of healthcare delivery of any sort take cpaps for example okay because my wife and i've been dealing with a cpap company any of these companies that are dealing with healthcare delivery, you look at their marketing and you got to figure there's a lot of money involved. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in the business. Oh, yeah. No, no Listen, doubt. You gotta, you know? You're hiring William Shatner. It's yeah. some bucks, right? Yeah. I haven't seen Alec Baldwin lately, but. <laughs> would you matter him? <laughs> I think he's been triggered. That would be, oh, f- hey. that would be funny in a Medicare Advantage. You stupid. <laughs> It's oh, not my fault if you don't get what you deserve, because I don't take credit. For, I don't take responsibility for anything. Call in, you m- <laughs> dumbass. <laughs> so, like I said, they took the American flag is gone. The ads don't repeat as much. Uh, and, and again, Medicare Advantage itself is very attractive. We talk about it all the time in our right lane. It, it's 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 less expensive. You may not have any deductibles at all, although longer term you're going to pay more for it. You're going to get all these bells and whistles. You're going to get dental coverage. You're going to get your Fitbit. You're going to get all this, the silver sneakers. So we have criteria for people who look at Medicare Advantage, and we tell them we don't prefer that. We prefer you do Medigap, which is very similar to the coverage you would have had at work. Medicare Advantage, um, if you're very healthy, your cash flow constrained, uh, there are people who work that it, it works for them. But Danny... They're investigating those plans every enrollment period. They're going through to see if they're in the right plan. They're, they're doing homework. 
every year. And a lot of people do not, a lot of seniors do not want to do the homework. Well, the average American leaves a lot of money on the table because they're not shopping at each and every year. So mm -hmm. when you get in that open enrollment period, you need to shop each and every year. And make sure that number one, I mean, depending on what type of plan you're on, that your doctor's still covered, that your specialists are there, that, you know, prescription drugs, if you're on Part D, um, right. you know, all of these things you need to take into account. And then, I mean, if you're on Medicare, if you're on original Medicare, so you've got Part A, you got Part B, you have Part D. So A's hospitalization, B's going to be your typical go to the doctor, preventative care, lab, um, all the stuff you typically, you know, we're going to use one, on a regular basis. And they're going to say, listen, no deductible. But longer term, if you have a severe illness, cancer, whatever it might be, it, you're out of pocket could be much higher. Or you might prefer a treatment that Medicare Advantages doesn't approve. So the warm and fuzzy uh, Joe Namath's lawyer, Jimmy Walsh, said um, he wasn't aware of any consumer complaints. And he said, if there's anything that, that these ca callers were uncomfortable with, I would imagine they would just hang up the phone. <laughs> you can see he's on the phone with these master salespeople. <laughs> yeah. So be careful. Be careful of the ads. Tell your, your mom, your dad, run it through you first. Your financial advisor. Do not make any changes. You had one person on this one call line that was doing everything right, and she wasn't selling enough because she was saying, "Hey, Danny, let's see if your doctor's covered. Let's see if your medication." Like she, so she spent actually, too much time with people. Spent too much. Time oh man! But no, that's and that's, they had to let her go. That's a really good point. Call your advisor. I mean, look, we're well versed in these types of things. We're we're happy to help people with this, mm -hmm. and these are things that I think every advisor should be able to spend some time, take a look, understand it. And if, you know, we know, we have networks. We can help you. We can point you in the right direction. We can. And, you know, we can help in any way that we can. So we get back. We're going to talk about, again, retirement and distributions and all kinds of fun stuff. Financial Fitness Friday. We'll be right back. The Real Investment Advice blog. It's required reading for the informed investor. Catch it today at realinvestmentadvice.com. In 1999, a parafiduciary group of financial advisors were busted by corporate giants for trying to operate in their clients' best interest. These men promptly escaped from a high-cost margin environment to the Houston Energy Corridor. Today, still excoriated by their former employers, they survive as protectors of others' fortunes. If you have a problem about preserving capital, if no one else can help, and you can find them right here, maybe you should hire the RIA team. You're listening to The Real Investment Show. So where you retire in a market cycle is luck. If you're going to have a headwind to returns or a tailwind. So people who retired in 2000, Danny, right? Started just even following the 4% rule of distribution. Wound up being in trouble. Right? Because the first five years of retirement and withdrawals will dictate the success of the following five and decades after. 
So in 2010, if you retired and the Fed's on your side, even though the world was looking like it was coming apart, that worked. But in 2019, we went ahead and revised lower our future return estimates for asset classes. And we were concerned that we're entering this new cycle of markets of lower returns, more volatility, and we might be there. It's too early to say. Uh, we look, I sort of look stupid for a first year or two, uh, and now we have people who are concerned. So negative returns at the start of retirement and the combination of these market losses and withdrawals might leave your portfolio uh, too depleted over time. Now, there are studies out there that'll show you, don't worry about it, take your 4%, we run all the numbers and it's fine. But psychologically, Danny, and depending on my losses, is that true? No, absolutely not. I mean, look, so if you can stick with the strategy, I think that over long periods of time, it, it typically is going to work, right? Mm -hmm. But there's going to be events, there's going to be time frames that are completely out of our control. And we're going to have to switch gears a little bit from time to time. And so, you know, I think the biggest thing, Rich, is that, you know, you mentioned, I think we all think that we're in control. Look, I'm going to retire at this point. Here's what, how it's going to go. Here's what's going to happen. And studies show that that's not the case. People retire typically much earlier than, than they anticipated. And many times it's because uh, illness, illness mm -hmm. in the family, they're taking care of a loved one, a, a parent, a spouse, a child. Um, you know, you see all this. Or maybe it's just a really bad cycle. You get laid off. You say, well, you know what, I'm laying back on my feet. It doesn't happen. Not as quickly as you'd hope. And so you've got to switch what you're doing. And I think that's the big part is that we don't know where we are. And, you know, I don't think we look stupid for, for keeping rates of return low within a plan because here's the big difference Stress right now. Stress tested for the, for the more vulnerable years up front, right? Correct. And especially, listen, if you retired in 2007 or 8 and you had 50% in stocks and you had a million in 2007 and you spent 40000 a year with inflation, you still had about 874000 after two years and you would have had $1.63 million today you had a nice tailwind. So whatever you were taking out didn't matter. Portfolio grew. But if you did it through the 60s and the 70s, it would be a different story. If you did it in 2000, it's a different story. So if it were me and I were retired and I had to take money out of my account this year and I was down, just say, what's the market down, 617? Yeah. Say I was down 12, 13%. Do I really want to take another 4% out or do I want to let it sit there as best I can? Or even if I do take the 4%, I'm not going to adjust it for inflation possibly next year. I'm going to see what kind of recovery I'm going to get. Because even though I'm in spend down mode, my first year retirement, psychologically, I'm looking at this balance and it's going to freak me out. I might go back to work. I might cut my expenses. I might do anything I can to avoid that distribution. Yeah, do, do part-time jobs. I mean, there's a number of things that people do. And and I will tell you this. Most people are very good at making these decisions. I've noticed that, too. Yes. I think they're much – I think you don't give yourself enough credit because a lot of times we are inherently saying, okay, you know what? We're going to cut back a little bit. And those are the people that are typically have the best retirements that are the most successful with it. Mm -hmm. It's not an easy thing to do. I mean, you're changing plans, switching gears quickly, but it's not – um, it, it, it's the thing to do that's going to help you, the longevity of your plan. Right, and you don't have to do, you don't have to make big changes to get portfolio longevity. Um, 
one you keep your you you don't adjust uh, your distributions for inflation for a couple of years, right? Uh, you work a part time job. You say you're seventy plus. You're making smart decisions with Social Security, right? You're going to try to see if you can fit your guaranteed income into fixed expenses. You're going to work on that part of it to minimize the damage. Uh, you're going to monitor your expenses, but anything you can do to monitor that withdrawal rate. There was a study by David Blanchett, and he found that people who get guaranteed income, they don't really have a variable asset portfolio. They get, uh, they, whether they're using annuities or pension, whatever it may be, will tend to spend more than people who have just variable assets alone. Makes sense, right, Danny? Because if I have a $4,000 check coming in every month, I know I'm going to get it every month, right? I have it next month, the month after. So if I spend the four, I don't have to worry that stocks are going to be down. I got to change my withdrawal rate. You can't be blind with your withdrawal rate. We look at it over rolling three-year periods to give an idea to someone, hey, can we cut it back a little bit? I just had this discussion with somebody the other day. I said, you're spending about the same amount of money. She goes, well, I also accumulated some money outside. I haven't been, you know, she's in that period where she's spending less, Danny. She's healthy, but she's, she's spending less. I said, well, can we maybe just reduce the distribution for a year or two? Not by much. And she looked at her budget. She says, yes, we could do it. So I did that. And then we, I have someone that just started a pension, just started, and I, we reduced her variable asset distribution based on, the, uh, based on the pension because we're in a rough cycle. So to your point, you've got to remain engaged, and your advisor just can't put blinders on and say, 4%, 4%, woohoo, what am I, a pirate? What am I, a parrot? It doesn't work all the time. Are you a pirate or a parrot? A parrot or a pirate. I'm a pirate, a parrot, a pirate, a puppet. So keep this in mind. Guaranteed income is great. You maximize it. And you said, Danny, it's too early to see. We have also have when stocks go down. I remember in, in during the um, financial crisis, I had people tapping their cash reserves in permanent life insurance. Mm-hmm. Now, we, we took the policy loan so we could leave the portfolio alone. See, that's, that's also diversification of your financial assets, isn't it? That I can maybe tap this, and then what we did is when, when the market recovered, we actually paid that loan off because we didn't need it. It was just a temporary stopgap. Um, could also be for reverse mortgages or home equity conversion mortgage, line of credit, whatever it is, to allow the portfolio to sit Unless you are a fortunate retiree and you have plenty of guaranteed income and it covers most of your fixed expenses, it's easy, or all your fixed expenses, it's easy to cut back on the discretionary for a little bit to see where things go, isn't it? It is. So if you're stuck right in the middle of this and you're about to retire, or maybe you're a couple years out, what do you do, Rich? I mean, you, you mentioned the life insurance. Mm-hmm. So- you start looking for other avenues. This would be a great time if you have cash on hand. We want cash on hand for two reasons, right? If you're in distribution mode, cash is going to provide you with a buffer to let these variable assets come back. Um, you're also going to have the ability to go shopping while things are cheap. And that's that's something that most people don't because if you just stick to the buy and hold, you're always in. If you're in, you're riding it out. I saw an interview with an advisor the other day, and she was all upset and lamenting the back that if you have so much in cash, you're losing to inflation. Oh. Right? Yeah, yes. If it's forever. If, if, I'm gonna, <laughs> if I'm keeping it in there for a decade, yes. 
if it's to subdue the volatility, stem losses, set up my cash bucket, they, it's just financial advisors make you feel bad about holding cash. It's just like, you know, it's like, a, it's like a red letter. And it's ridiculous. Cash is an asset class. Cash fits into your program. You don't want a lot of cash there all the time, but through periods like this, it could be very helpful yeah. to have cash. And like you said, Danny, if this is a bear market, longer term, we don't know. Sure, acting like a bear, not yogi. I want to have cash to buy low. I want to have powder dry. There's nothing wrong with it. But when they start getting this, oh my gosh, you're losing to inflation. How can I help you? It's stupid. Because she's extrapolating out, well, how many decades, lady, do you think I'm going to hold this? I'm going to have a plan for this cash. Yeah. So, Not forever. <laughs> and that's the key. Guilty over cash. That was, that was a great band. Remember them? Guilty over cash? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, but, but I think a lot of these yeah. advisors are brainwashed by the, the mothership. And to, they, hey, they are. They got to be invested. Got to be invested. Regardless of the environment, hey, we're going to stick with the allocation. We're not changing it. It's like going to a doctor and no matter what you have, it's the same pill. Buy stocks. Stocks are the best. Well, and then, they try, but then they try to tell you, hey, we're going we're gonna to sell high and buy low by rebalancing. But do we always want to buy the things that are down? Not always. No, because sometimes something you, you want to go ahead and uh, buy Peloton? I don't. No. There's some, sometimes stocks are cheap for a reason. If you're going into a broad-based index, I get it. Uh, you, you know, there's a way to do rebalancing. There's, there's all different methods. There's just this serial rebalancing, like clockwork count on the calendar. There's opportunistic rebalancing, which I like even more, which allows positions to run and you sort of put a border around them and then you pull it back. So there's ways to rebalance that might be more, um, just better on your portfolio. It's gonna take more time to do it. So if you're in the first part of your retirement years or close to retirement, you want to have more conservative assets. Unless, you know, valuations go back to 13, 14 times earnings. But we know this, Danny, analysts have not really adjusted down future earnings the e's got to come down to the p and we haven't seen that happen yet and it's got to we get back we're going to talk about this new bill that would repeal federal taxes on social security benefits Woo -hoo. Woo -hoo. we'll be right back Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. In 1999, a parafiduciary group of financial advisors were busted by corporate giants for trying to operate in their clients' best interest. These men promptly escaped from a high-cost margin environment to the Houston Energy Corridor. Today, still excoriated by their former employers, they survive as protectors of others' fortunes. If you have a problem about preserving capital, if no one else can help, and you can find them right here, maybe you should hire the RIA team. The Real Investment Show.
Well, market futures are pancakes. Get it? Flat. Like a pancake. <laughs> now I want pancakes. I should not really talk about food. It's really not going to work. We need to get craft service up in here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know about You're lucky that. we have electricity up here. <laughs> <laughs> lucky we have coffee. <laughs> yeah. We already put out the tip jar. Like, you have to start paying. <laughs> 50 cents a cup, still a deal. Hey, yeah. Listen, cup of Joe, 25 cents. I watched a Popeye commercial uh, cartoon last Saturday. Cup of Joe, five cents. Whoa, five cents. That's a lot of money there, Olive. And why was Olive always going off with every dude that passed? I don't she know. pissed me off. I mean, Popeye's all over her doing everything. Oh, look at that guy over there. Oh, he's so strong. And poor Popeye's How left in the lurch. <laughs> he had his coffee. Oh. I didn't have any coffee. But, um, yeah, you know, MeTV runs all the old Popeye commercial, yeah, yeah. Uh, cartoons. It's great. Watched one last night. You did? I did. What you do in your own bedroom? You right? don't <laughs> want to know. Well, how did you manage to just watch a Popeye? It popped up in my feed. Really? Yeah. So I've been. That's when we loved America. I've been like all things Battleship this week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you ever see right. when he has chest turns into a Battleship? Yeah. Uh, you know. And th there was a Popeye cartoon that popped up in the feed with Battleships and stuff. So. And his nephews drove me crazy. Poopie, Peepie, yeah. whatever they were. Hi, hi, Uncle Popeye. <laughs> Drove me nuts. You know, <laughs> you just may have a career in something else. I did. <laughs> Cartoon voiceover. The yeah. best written show, I'm going to tell you, of all time. Because mm -hmm. you got you to watch it. You and to you got to listen closely. Is the Beverly Hillbillies. The lines yes. that they throw out, you go, I can really take that a whole <laughs> lot. And they do it on purpose. And guess who created the first electric car? Green Acres. Jethro. Jethro. He, he drives up and he goes, Uncle Jen, Uncle Jen, I got an electric car to stop, fight all the smog in L.A. And he, he's got the top of a, you know, the electric, um, the pole uh -huh. in the back of the car. <laughs> he goes, we got an electric car, but I don't have an extension cord long enough to plug it in. You know, it. So mm -hmm. Beverly Hillbillies ahead of its time. Yes. Uh, ahead of its time. So, Danny, if you don't have anything to do this weekend. May I suggest? Educate your kids. Educate your yeah. kids on very well-written comedy mm -hmm. overall. I watched those growing up. Well, heck, those are some of the best shows we had as kids, right? As reruns. That's right. Yeah. What was your favorite show as a kid? Heckle and Jekyll. Really? I say, old Featherbeak. They were, they were unusual, I have to say. Yeah. I liked them, too. but yeah, There's a back-and-forth banter. What was yours, Danny Barney? No, Barney. No, Barney <laughs> was he around? Blues uh, Clues. No, <laughs> no. He won't even tell us. <laughs> we didn't watch much TV. Oh, well, there we you were go. outside. Well, we didn't we run the TV. Till I, I, was I like grew up six in New York. If you go outside, you can get knife. You stayed <laughs> in and you watch television. Okay. All right. So they got this new act that they're looking at here called the You Earned It, You Keep It Act. That would eliminate federal taxation of Social Security benefits beginning in 2023. So how it would be paid is by extending the payroll tax to earnings above $250,000 a year, Danny, right? Um, wages over $147,000 are currently exempt from Social Security payroll tax. Although I would think you'd want to 
revamp the payroll tax to actually save the program before you did this? What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. We can't just start giving it away. Look, I'm all for it. Listen, you've earned these funds. Currently, 6.2% of your paycheck goes into this, and your employer pays another 6.2%. Right. You need to, um, you know, I think this would be great for this, these funds not to be taxed. In fact, absolutely. many people retire. And they don't even know. They don't know. And then they're like, whoa, hey, I thought I was going to get a lot more than this. Um, so this is a, a concern that they're going to give this back, and I'm all for it. But we need to work on both sides of the ledger here. And so you're going to have to increase that payroll tax or increase the amount that's taxable. They floated a lot of bills out the last two years saying, okay, we're going to go up to 300000 or maybe we'll go, we're going to stop at 147 start again at 300 or 400 Look, at some point, it's all just going to be taxable. That's what I think. Yeah. You're going to have the payroll tax. That, 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 that cap, even though it does get raised every year, to save the program, you're going to have you to. You have to. You're going to have to do it. And you have too many people on Social Security right now. Uh, this is a nice, I mean, I don't have any problem with this act, Danny, because it's what you said. People have paid into this. They don't even know. They're not educated about what makes Social Security tax taxable. Um, and not only that, then I have rising prices as as a senior. You look at the you know the CPI for for the elderly, and you know they're paying a lot out of pocket. And this would absolutely help overall. So uh, this was uh, who did this? Angie Craig, yeah, Democrat from Minnesota. But, but let's go a little bit deeper. So what, essentially what this means is that if you make between twenty five dollars and $34,000 in income, mm-hmm. you're going to have 50% of your Social Security benefits are going to be taxable. Mm-hmm. If you make more than that $34,000, 85% of your benefits will be taxable. And so... Well, blow me down. Yeah, they're not taxed at 85%. It just means that either half or 85% of your benefits will be taxed at whatever your effective tax rate is. Yep. So that's what catches many people by surprise. What they're suggesting is it's eliminating that tax altogether, which, you know, it's almost like a double taxation. I can see that. I can see them means testing that as well. Well, you know, what's funny is that people don't think the concerns with everything is that there's going to be means testing. We already have means testing. Look at Medicare premiums. No, no, I agree. Uh, but I think the, 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 um, the boundaries around these are going to get squashed. And, and this yeah, is already means tested now. I mean, essentially. It is. It is. Um, but I, I agree, mean, if, yeah. you're, if you're a poor retiree, you're not paying taxes, but you shouldn't even have to worry about it since you've paid in. Um, so there's going to be a lot over the next few years about Social Security, the viability of the program, what needs to be done to bolster it, uh, how necessary it is. Um, the, even people who have done a wonderful job, incredible job of saving for retirement, if they get caught in a market headwind, then this guaranteed income from Social Security alleviates the pressure on the portfolio to provide the distribution. That's very helpful. So people with pensions, people that combine pensions and Social Security, maybe guaranteed income, you know, they can let the portfolio sit and weather out, you know, heal, right? And, and, and not have to maybe perhaps take a distribution from their portfolios. It's, you know, it's a sense of empowerment. It's a sense of freedom. And I've had people that have said this to me, you know, I don't need to take it this year, Rich. This, we're not, we've really buckled down our expenses and, and we help them make the right pension decision. We help them make the right social security decision. And they're like, listen, we can do this for a year or two and not worry 
about taking a distribution while our assets are down. And that's a great feeling. I can let it sit there, and I still have a check coming in. Yeah, that's a great feeling to, to mm-hmm. know that you can do that. But you know, like you mentioned earlier, we're mm-hmm. seeing a lot of people who are saying, hey, you know what, money's accumulating in the savings. Go ahead, we're going to utilize those funds. I think that's a great strategy. To, if you can do that, let assets come back. Mm-hmm. Give yourself an opportunity to the portfolio to breathe. And you know, we're not fans of, of just setting it and forgetting it. We think that all the positions need to be looked after. They need to be tended to. Mm-hmm. You need to understand your allocation. Cash is not a terrible thing. Now, we don't get all the way in or all the way out, but we will utilize it during times of turmoil Absolutely. quite a bit more. And in fact, we started you know, going a lot, you know, building that cash position at the beginning of the year. Last, week we were un- last year, we were underweight and overweight stocks. This year, we're underweight stocks and bonds and heavy on cash. And you remember back in January, February, people were like, whoa, what are y'all doing? This was a great year last year. Why would we take, take funds out? Well, because we have headwinds. Now, granted, I don't think anybody anticipated all the things that happened at once. I mean, it was quite a bit. But, you know, cash is not a terrible thing. So, you know, if you're an advisor, if you're listening on, the, on you know, like you said, you saw it on, the, on uh, whatever station that was that said, mm-hmm. hey, you've got to be all in. You know, cash, you're going to get eaten alive by inflation. Yeah, that's right. If it's forever. But if you can utilize that, it's an important part of your strategy. It is a great tool. But we don't advocate yeah. 100% no, because no. most people, some of you guys out there are really, really good at this, but many people have a very difficult time of getting back in. Right. Even I mean, the cash, like you said, is if you have a storm coming through and you have plywood up on your windows, you're not going to keep them up all year. You don't need to do something from an emergency perspective. Cash is really good as an absolute diversifier. Yeah. Right. And if I have to fall on the sword of principal loss or inflation loss for a short period of time, I'm going to pick the inflation loss every time because at least I'm going to have capital to reinvest later on. Hey, just got my email from uh, one of my online banks. We're increasing your rate again. So if you have your financial vulnerability cushion, these online banks, right, six months of living expenses for emergencies, another six months put aside for anything that could happen, job loss, uh, illness. We, we were started talking about that, ironically, right before the uh, pandemic, and that worked out pretty well. Uh, you're getting better rates, uh, albeit not what inflation is, but you are no. getting better rates on cash. And these online banks are very aggressive to raise rates. You know what's weird, though, Rich, yeah. is that think back in 2018, rates on online savings were much higher than they are today, and yields are about the same spot. Actually, they're at the same spot. Yeah, I know. So what is that telling us? I don't know. Wasn't telling you. I don't know. <laughs> maybe things don't. Maybe rates don't get as high as what we anticipate. That, Even though the Fed's going to push them, Treasury yields won't go nearly as high as we hope. I or many hope. I think we're playing that gambit right now. I think that's the possibility. That's where we are with Lance, right? Yeah. Think about, listen, rates can only go so far. You've already squashed the housing market in, to many, at 5.66%, which in relation to the history, that's really still a very low mortgage rate. But not to today's generation. We all depend on low rates. Hey, thanks for listening. Hope you have a great Labor Day weekend. Lance is back on Tuesday. And we'll uh, see you next Friday. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, my mark is
to rich man.